Did you know 40% of all rivers in England and Wales are polluted with sewage? Did you also know freshwater species have seen an 83% decline since 1970? And hundreds of sites and rivers around the world are actually awash with dangerously high levels of antibiotics? Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. As we can see here, there are more horrors than just scary stories happening in our rivers. Tonight, I'm going to be sharing some allegedly true and creepy stories from rivers sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Be sure to hit that like button if you haven't, and be sure to subscribe if you're new. It helps the swamp grow and get ready for these creepy and allegedly true river horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hey everyone, real quick, I want to talk about Chilling, the awesome horror app I'm partnered with. In case you haven't heard, every week I have new stories releasing over on Chilling. There are over 1,000 stories on Chilling with a bunch of other YouTube narrators and professionals to choose from. On Chilling, you can do things that you'll never be able to do on YouTube. Choose from thousands of individual stories that are sorted into curated playlists or you can create your own. On Chilling, we give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a chilling game-changing feature, our ambient menu. You can change the background sound of the story at any time to fit your mood. Go from rain to a campfire with the press of a button. It's totally revolutionary, and you need to try it. There have been a number of awesome updates to chilling, such as the ability to download stories for offline listening and new social features. You can now discuss your favorite stories with other users and friends. We're just getting started. Not only are we adding hours of new content every week, but original video content is in the works. Chilling is evolving into a must-have for all horror lovers. Please go start your free trial over on Chilling, and don't forget to check out my personal playlist there. This month, Chilling is also giving away an Xbox Series X bundle. This includes the Xbox Series X console, a second Xbox wireless controller, Resident Evil Village, and Elden Ring. For more details on entering that giveaway, click the link in the description. Red River Gorge is a beautiful huge park full of wildlife, rock climbing, waterfalls, dense forest, gorges, and stunning views. This place feels genuinely isolated and disconnected from the rest of the world. One fall evening, my boyfriend Dee and I decided to go camping at the gorge. We found a campsite that was pretty close to the river. The sites were pretty spread far from each other as it was, but we made sure to get extra far. Our site was on the edge of a steep drop-off. We arrived at sunset and quickly set up camp. By the time we were fully set up, the sun had set, and we began to make a fire. About twenty minutes into the relaxing by the fire, we heard howling that did not sound too far away. We were both freaked out by the realization of wolves being nearby, but we tried to not overreact and to continue to sit by the fire calmly. Ten minutes later, I heard a faint yelling from about fifteen feet away, past the edge that we were sitting by. I told Dee to be quiet and listen, and we both froze out of fear. We could hear a woman screaming. It was hard to hear at first because of the river, but at one point, I couldn't make out any words, but it was like a resounding guttural shriek, a noise I had never heard another person make in my life. Then I heard it. She was screaming, Help me! Somebody please help me! Oh my god, someone please help me! And repeating this repeatedly, howling at the top of their lungs. 
was terrified. She could have been turned around in the dark and fallen off the cliff into the water. She could have been attacked by the wolves, a bear, or bitten by a snake. We both sprinted to my car, frantically climbed inside and locked the doors. I tried calling the police, but I had no service. I threw the car in reverse and sped down the dirt road to find anyone that could help, and the shrieks continued the entire time. I didn't make it far before coming across a group of three young men standing on the edge of the forest. I slowed down and cracked my window, still hearing the woman begging for help, and asked the men if they listened to it. How could they not hear it? I told them I heard a woman crying for us in the forest, and two of them sprinted into the darkness without even questioning me any further. The other one just stood by my car, assuring me he had no idea of what was happening. While the other two men were in the forest, I drove farther down the road until I found a spot to turn around. When I came back, the screaming had stopped and the men were back by the side of the road. I slowed down and asked them where the woman was, and one of the men that had run into the woods answered, Don't worry, it's funny. It was just a little kid at a campsite further down the trail. He was having a nightmare. I just said okay and drove away as quickly as possible. We left the campsite and went straight home. Once out of the woods, we called the local police station multiple times with no answer. I know it was not a child. I have never heard such a primal, fearful scream in my life. It makes my skin crawl and my heart race to think about it. What did those men get away with that night? What was I witness to? Hello, Swamp Dweller. My name is Alex, and I was born and raised in Iowa. I'm 36 years old, and I love your channel. Now, as for my story, I can't even call it my story per se. I'd be surprised if no one else has submitted this locally well-known legend, if you will, about Matsell Bridge. It is in rural Lynn County, Iowa, about 15-minute drive down some back gravel roads from where I live. It is prevalent and well-known. It's been told over many generations. There is, allegedly, a haunting at this bridge. Sounds stupid, I know. But it's just a very well-known story. No matter who tells it, or what age or social status, it is always told the same way with the exact details. No joke. I'm never into this type of stuff, yet it intrigues me due to my own experience. The creepy legend of this old metal bridge that spans the... Wapsaminican River. Legend says, if you stop your vehicle on it, no matter the direction you are driving, something pushes your vehicle the rest of the way across until you are wholly and safely across. Allegedly due to a school bus that was supposed to have crashed or gone off said bridge into the river many years ago. The bridge is a hundred years old. It's an old school lane style metal frame bridge that only exists in the Iowa gravel boonies, as we call it. I always called BS on these stories. It's not even scary, until you live it firsthand. It was a snowy Iowa winter's night, black only interrupted by the snow itself, but it was not windy out this night. We stopped my 2001 Pontiac Sunfire and turned off the engine, in the cold, silent night. I kid you not, an invisible entity pushed us slowly across the bridge. I say go because my girlfriend Megan, nor my best friend Floyd, exited my car. I say ghost because my girlfriend Megan, nor my best friend Floyd, exited the car. Yet when we left miles down the road due to us freaking out, there were child-sized handprints all over my car's back window, bumper, and tailgates. 
They were all different sizes but small enough to be children's handprints, pushing my car. I don't know how to describe this other than, well, I, I can't. But I would like to thank these good kids for looking out for our safety, as that's why they do this. So, other bridge crossers don't meet a fate like they suffered on that same bridge. A strange local myth, but as a sane 36-year-old man with a family, I'm telling you, it's 100% true. And cool in my opinion. I hope you find this worth sharing with the swamp as it is. Thanks, Swamp Dweller. Keep informing people and keep the people safe. A few years ago, my friends and I went on a 45-mile, three-night kayaking trip down the Green River in Kentucky, which runs above the Mammoth Cave System, the world's most extended known cave system, for more than 400 miles of surveyed passageways. We brought everything we needed in our kayaks and one canoe. We had food, tents, water filtration, the whole likes. We had planned to camp each night on the riverbank when it started getting dark and we found level enough ground. The first night was rather uneventful, except to say that there was nothing like a wall of fireflies against our mountainous black tree line at night in the middle of nowhere, which was absolutely serene. On the second day around sunset after a long day of kayaking and baking in the July heat, we came upon a stream on the bank that opened into a large ravine. As we discovered the stream was a cave spring pouring out blue cold cave water in a lagoon about 30 feet wide, and so profound that the blue water turned black after a few feet. The lagoon had long sandy beaches, secluded by hills on either side, and a tall overhanging cliff behind and above us. It was beautiful, otherworldly peace. Time moved very slowly there, or so it seemed. We decided to camp there for the night. The sand was soft, white, and very fine, ideal for ground sleeping. The place deeply frightened me for some reason, but I didn't speak up. We were all tired and everyone was having fun. We built a small fire and enjoyed the stars through the leafy canopy for a while before everyone went to bed. I slept hard that night. At around 5am I woke up with the urge to relieve myself. It was still dark out and I had the tent zipper about halfway opened and just popped my head out. I heard a loud, terrible roar or scream in the distance. I immediately recoiled back to the tent and zipped it closed, and I waited. The scream came from about 10 feet to my left, near the dwindling fire. It was high-pitched, but not like an owl's screech, although I'm not ruling that out. It was a wretched, pained scream that got lower-pitched at the end. Since we were in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, it was most likely a fox, boar, or a bird. Whatever it was, I lay awake for an hour listening. I heard absolutely nothing else. Granted, we were on a soft beach, but I didn't hear a single twig snap or leaf crinkle when whatever it was finally shuffled away. It was truly bizarre. I should mention, at this time, that up the beach and off to the lagoon was a small dry cave opening. It was maybe three feet wide. I cannot say with any certainty that it was not some ancient, cave-dwelling creature that surfaced to investigate our camp. I somehow fell back asleep and awoke the following day shaken. I asked if my friends had heard the terrible scream, but apparently, no one had. We pressed down the Green River some more. On the third night at dusk, we came upon a large rocky beach. We pulled our boats ashore and decided this would have to do, 
as we didn't want to go any further down and risk being stuck on the water at dark. This rocky beach was where the river split in two, and in the middle formed a collection of pale rocks, tall grass, and dried out wood. A lonely pile of muck the size of a football field. The landmass was covered in jumping sand spiders and tiny frogs. Again, otherworldly. We set up camp, ate, and we all went to bed around the same time. I'm not sure how long it was silent for. Maybe 20 or 30 minutes. I was asleep as the others most likely were as well. Suddenly, my dream was interrupted by a booming, loud mechanical wooden beat. I awoke and shot straight up. It was indeed the loudest thing I'd ever heard. It sounded like a massive bulldozer tearing down a colossal steel and wood building. Then came a boom followed by its echo throughout the river valley. The animals shifted. The birds flew away. We were all awoken by the crash and yelling and confusion. Nothing but silence followed outside of our tents, and no one was particularly willing to shine a flashlight towards the woods. Eventually, we all decided it was just a falling tree and went back to sleep. The following day, I thought about it some more. It did not just sound like a tree falling. I must stress it, it had like a metallic quality to it, and it projected purposefully. It almost sounded like a roar. In the morning light, we found no evidence of anything out of the ordinary, nor any fallen trees that could have made such a loud sound. So we packed up and headed out onto the river one last time, and headed home. My friends and I still talk about that trip and all the weird things that happened. We even made the same kayak trip a couple of years later, and nothing out of the ordinary occurred. No mysterious forest noises, and to my disappointment, no weird creatures. In 2012, when I was 17, my friend and I decided to go running along the river in Sacramento, California. It was a beautiful afternoon, and we decided that we would run along the portion of the river that was denser with trees and bushes and explore the area. After jogging for about two miles along the path, we decided to enter the trees and walk through the heavily forested portion. Only about 20 yards into the heavily wooded walk, things became creepy very fast. My eye catches something in the tree, and I insist to my friend that we should check it out. As we make our way over to the tree, I realize it's a hand-carved, painted, wooded chicken figure that had been nailed to the branch above the trunk. As we look at the tree, we notice a tent structure to our left that has been built from various tarps and other cloth-like items. At this point, we realize that someone occupies this place. A chill runs down my spine and our instincts tell us that we should leave as soon as possible. We immediately decide to walk back to the path through the trees we came from. We get back on the trail out of the trees and head back to our car a few miles back from where we started. As we walk back, my friend feels a presence behind us and proceeds to turn around the check. Now I'm still looking forward to the path ahead of us. Immediately as my friend turns around, he yells and I turn my head to see what is behind us. Roughly about 15 feet behind us is a figure wearing a black hoodie with the hood positioned so the face is shadowed and has a large machete in their hand. As I look down at the arms of the person, I can tell that this guy has been out here for quite some time. I'd have to estimate there were at least 10 inches on that blade sticking out of the sleeve. The hand was not visible though, so the blade could have been much longer. Our adrenaline immediately kicked in and we sprinted as fast as we could to get away. After running for a few minutes, we saw that this person had eventually gave up 
and ran back into the trees, but he followed us for at least two to three hundred feet minimum. When we got back to our car, we called the police and they searched the area for the man. To this day, we talk about this story. I'm unsure if the police ever found him or whatever came of that guy, but we never hiked on the river in those woods again. There's this river near a quiet part of town. The water is calm, and you can drive on top of it in the winter. I go there when my mind runs and I can't find the quiet anymore. One night was different though. This night, I was alone at the river post breakdown and was lying in the backseat of my car. My friends and I fought over something I honestly don't care about anymore months later. I sat and stared into nothing. In seconds, all the cars around me in the parking lot had left. No warning or noise. They were just gone. I sat up and looked around. The smell from outside was almost painful, sour, and chemical. Like that smell you'd get in high school chemistry when you didn't listen to your teacher and put your nose in the beaker. I looked at the once clear water, which had turned rusted and wasted. The cars had somehow gotten across the river to the forest, and all the people stood there staring at me. They didn't move. They barely even breathed. They just stood there. I didn't leave my car, too afraid at this point, but I did try to turn it on and leave. It was stalling repeatedly. I went to start it. I had gotten the check engine light of my car. In a panic, I checked out my info chart and saw what was wrong because I didn't trust the outside. Nothing. No flat tire, no issues with my battery, not even an oil change. Surprisingly, I reached in the back of my car for my phone, and it was working. Message after message started sending. All unknown numbers, all telling me repeatedly that I need to get out. I looked out my window again and jumped back. I looked out my window again and jumped back. All the people were now standing in a circle around my car with phones in hand. I realized I had been crying at this point and rapidly tried to start my car. It took me five minutes before I gave up and crawled into my back seat sobbing. I'm not sure how long I was back there, but I noticed the smell was gone and heard people talking outside my car. I sat up and saw all the same people in their cars. The water was evident again. I have no idea how to explain this experience. I still go there, but not at night. I'm still unsure what happened, if it even happened. But knowing me, it probably didn't, and I probably entered some sort of psychosis. But it was still terrifying. I haven't told anyone before now, because I don't want people to judge me. I, like I said, I don't know what happened. I don't know if anyone else has had to deal with this, and deep down, I crave knowledge. Hopefully, somebody listening to this might have an idea of what I experienced out there. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true river horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's very, very helpful. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please be sure to give us a 5-star rating over there as it helps the show grow on those platforms. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them almost every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a river story or something different, 
Be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. As stories like yours help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium and still want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp merch. Be sure to join me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't forget to join me in the Discord with the other Swamp Dwellers so we can chat. And let me know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. I'd love to get a discussion going. I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.